Welcome to Recovery Coast to Coast. Two hours of interviews and features as we share experience, strength, and hope with others so that they may recover from alcohol and other drug and behavioral addictions. And now, Recovery Coast to Coast is on the air. Here's your host, Neil Scott. Welcome back once again to Recovery Coast to Coast, the only program in America on the air five nights a week, two hours a night, talking about addiction with a focus on recovery. Great to have you with us tonight. Uh, Kind of a special night because uh, we have a very special guest. You know, I often say that nobody wakes up on a bright, sunshiny day and says, I think I'll do something about my drinking. Well, except perhaps for legendary sportscaster Pat O'Brien. He woke up in bed with a gathering of people at the foot of the bed (laughs) saying, you better do something about your drinking and now. And it was kind of an in-your-face intervention to to save not just Pat's life, but a television show, which probably was more to the point. You'll know that when you read the book. Completely more to the point. (laughs) One of the suits from Paramount was screaming, we got to save. How to get sober. We got to save the franchise. And so it began that journey that would take Pat through four treatment centers into a long time life of recovery. Pat's joining us in this segment, one of the all-time great sportscasters. He covered the six Olympic Games, four Super Bowls, NBA Finals, the Final Four, U.S. Open Championships, and, and so much more. 26 U.S. Opens. 26? Yeah. But who's counting? Well, I am, because I did Agassiz's first <laughs> match and his last match. Holy smokes. And he said, you're still here? Who is also the host of Access Hollywood right. and The Insider. And also, now a best-selling author. I'll be right back after this. No, we're not leaving. That's the name of the book. By the way, the after this part is the frightening part. This is where it's at, and this is what we're going to talk about tonight, the now, the this. Uh, the book, by the way, available on Amazon. It's a rigorously honest memoir of what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Pat, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. It's good to see you again. Good to and, see you. Uh, we've been uh, emailing back and forth. and. We have. Last time we uh, connected, I think it was Washington, D.C., the big uh, rally. NPR is doing an hour special on that. Oh, they are? Yeah. With all that footage. I know they were shooting like crazy. Yeah, and there were – a politician would say there were 100,000 people there. Yeah, of course. Uh, There were about 50,000. Yeah. And it was pretty amazing. Yeah, and and, uh, it just went on and on. and Pretty inspiring. And it was great to see a lot of people, maybe thanks to you because you've been so uh, consistent on this program. A lot of people are starting to get recovery. Yeah. Not everybody. Yeah, but it's, you you know, progress, not perfection. Yeah, but I think we're getting, I think, you know, thanks to people like you, and I thank you for your efforts, people have to be educated, you know, and we can't allow people to think that it's a moral choice. Yeah, uh, and that and that there is a way out. So anyway, that was a great event. I just finished doing their documentary. So yeah, and all yeah. my buddies, you know, Stephen Tyler and Joe Walsh, and all, they were all in the same meeting together in yeah. LA. Really? Yeah. Oh man. You know, I used to live down in Santa Barbara. In fact, uh, I did the first alcoholism telethon with Dick Van Dyke in oh, 1976. Talk about the Dick. old days. I just saw him. He's still. I know it. He's kicking. Yeah, he's, he's what 1991. He's like, uh, somewhere like that. But who, yeah, and, and but he's one of. The, he's he's a beauty. He's a sweetheart. And he's a friend. I love him. Let's go back to St. Patrick's Day 2005. What do you remember about that day today? Well, let's see. There was no luck of the Irish for me (laughs) on that day. Um, Usually on my St. Patrick's Day, I I never drank on St. Patrick's Day because I always thought that was uh, drink every other day. (laughs) But not that one. I think I hosted the St. Patrick's Day parade. But on that day. When you find four Irishmen, you always find a fifth, of course. Don't pick on us. Pick on some (laughs) other group. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, that was the the day that, that had the big consequence, and I went to breakfast, got drunk in the morning. Someone handed me, I hadn't done cocaine since the mid-80s. It's funny, I stopped cocaine cold. I stopped all the other drugs cold. I, I never did, I did cocaine, mescaline, you know, just 
acid, but I did Timothy Leary's acid. <laughs> so yeah. I, I get a break on that one. Yeah, yeah. I suggest you don't do it. Uh, I got drunk, met these girls in the bar, and I got their number. And I, I, in a blackout now, this is Sunday. Is that a, was that a Sunday? Yeah, it was a Sunday. I, I went into a blackout, and I, I made the famous voicemail call and called this girl and tried to get a threesome and, and had no idea. And by the way, there was no sex. There was no threesome. But somehow I navigated my way back to L.A. It's all in my book, by the way. I navigated my way back to L.A. and I woke up and at my bed was every executive in Hollywood who ran my shows, Paramount and CBS, Last Moon, all these people. And I had no idea what had happened. To this day, I don't know what happened. Mm. Uh, I know I didn't get laid. <laughs> um, but Oprah asked me about it. And I said, you know, it's funny, Oprah. I said, it turns out I was the first reasonably good-looking man with money in New York, single, drunk, who tried to get laid. I don't think it's ever happened <laughs> before. But that was, you know, that event, and uh, you're fine to bring it up, but it was only a consequence right. of, of drinking. It's, you know, it's not my... And it was an intervention done for the wrong reason. They were trying to save the TV show. And one of my things about all that was that nobody ever asked me if I'm okay, even after that. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever said, are you okay? And for people listening, if you know someone who could be in trouble, you should say to them, are you okay? Because it's better to be in a recovery program knowing you're an alcoholic than in a bar wondering if you're one. So that came and went. It was embarrassing, and nobody got hurt. And as scandals go, it's like so benign. Rarely comes up. I mean, you should bring it up. You're a journalist, but... You know, people don't come up in the street, ah, blah, blah, blah. Just, it just doesn't come up. But I use it as a, an example of the consequences of drinking. I was, on the, I was on the talk with the girls from the talk and a couple months ago. My book came out in paperback, and they all said, well, we make that call every night. You know, it was a big deal. <laughs> on it. But some people just don't get it, and they think that's the whole reason of my downfall. But it did start the process of saying, you know, you better look at yourself. Had anybody said to you prior no, to that? I can answer that before you even finish. Really? Yeah. Why do you think that was? Too big to fail. I was getting huge ratings for them. They, you know, enabled me more than anything yeah, else. And yeah. where I went, there was a case of wine. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, is a pretty good way to live if you're an alcoholic. But it, I, I didn't really go into my bottom uh, until I was 60 years old, eight years ago. Mm. On my last day... I drank, uh, and the number uh, changes every time I say it, but I'll keep the number straight for you because I know you read my book. Uh, 14 bottles of wine <laughs> on one day. That was it. I was found face down on my own beach in Nantucket. You're a man mm. with everything, right? And uh, it's like the lottery guy who dies in the garage with his new Cadillac mm. running. Mm. And they rushed me off to Hazelden, and I got sober there, and I'll tell you why, how in a minute. But, you know, and, and, and people have been from day one, except for Howard Stern, Howard... You bastard, stop playing the voicemail. We're friends. I kid him. He said, look, I've given you more programming yeah. than anybody. <laughs> you know it's you know this. It's a consequence. Yeah. People do stupid things. And the good thing is I didn't get in a car and run over a family of four. Mm -hmm. But that started the rehab process. And nobody – I went to rehab basically so they could save the show and say, look, we're doing something about it. I did all the wrong things. And, and, and I'm sure you talk about it on the show. When someone gets in trouble in Hollywood, usually they go to rehab. And they tried to spin it out that way, and that's what they tried to do with me. Well, it didn't work because I couldn't get sober there. Hmm. And three rehabs later, I got sober. But, you know, it was all part of the journey. I, by the way, I'm glad it happened. Tell me about the last rehab, going through at Hazelton. Yeah. What was different, Pat? Uh, I listened. I got off my high horse and uh, stopped being so, you know, 
I don't really consider myself. I didn't know I was a celebrity until I went to rehab and the helicopter was flying around. But I don't really consider, I don't walk around thinking I'm a celebrity. You know me, you know that. <laughs> but celebrities uh, have a tough time because we have to deal with this publicly. And there's no anonymous. There's no, there's no, there's absolutely no anonymous. And you can Google the problems, but you can never Google the recovery. And that's the problem with, uh, I talked to some guy today from Tacoma or something uh, who Googled me and all he got was a voicemail. That's all I want to know about. But if you Google recovery, you see all the things that I've done, all the people I've helped and that sort of thing. And I forgot the question. I'm just talking. What was different that last oh, time? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I went to Hazleton and I had this, um, this the honor of having this counselor who, who actually, not that they all don't care, but he actually decided on, for himself to... I'm going to help this guy and get him sober. Now, they, we know that they all try to do that. Uh, Chuck Rice uh, said to me, look, stop crying. Who is Chuck Rice? He's a big counselor, mm. the main one at Hazelden. Okay. You can't do this anymore for your job, which I always got my job back, usually at a raise. He said, you can't do this for your son. Sean. Yeah. And he said, you got to do it for yourself. And you have to, once you figure that out, Everything else works out. And I'd never looked at it that way. It's so easy. Mm. You know, I'm going to get sober for myself and then work everything else out. So I went for a walk, and I use this all the time. I went for a walk in the woods up there at Hazel. You ever been up mm-hmm. there? It's like a sundown. It's 500 yeah. acres. Yeah. Yeah. And there are all these trees that look like the Wizard of Oz. And I'm walking. I'm thinking, geez, I'm Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> you know. And, and I realized that, that the path is the same. You know, I went down this long journey, a yellow brick road. I went, anyway, there were these flying animals, and uh, she picked up these nefarious friends along the way. And when they got to um, the wizard, they gave the lion his courage medal and the tin man his heart and the scarecrow his brain. And then they had a balloon for her, and she said, and Frank Baum, who's from South Dakota, who wrote the book, the movie, and the play, there's a line, and you are not going to believe this line never made the movie or the book, made the play. She says to the wizard, as a point to this, by the way, she says to the wizard, Jimmy's wizard, will that balloon take me all the way back to Kansas? And he says, well, Dorothy, we never know if anything works until afterwards. And that's, to me, the story of recovery. It's blind faith. Yeah, it is. People have to jump in. Uh, with blind faith that it's going to work. And it worked for me, and I'm happy for it. We're visiting with Pat O'Brien. The book is called I'll Be Back Right After This. We're talking about this. You can find it at Amazon, by the way. How difficult was the first year for you, Pat, getting out of treat, when everything had to be different? Getting out of Hazleton, I got out uh, two weeks before Christmas. I didn't feel – it's funny. I've never been asked that question. I didn't, I didn't feel empty. I was pretty proud of myself. I just felt different for some reason. I wasn't pissed off. I wasn't angry. I wasn't... I mean, for me, being an alcoholic would have been like writing the word pedophile on my forehead and throwing me in Toys R Us at Christmas time, you know? I mean, that's how bad I thought it was. But I came out, and I, was, I wasn't I was lost. I was, I was a new guy, which is an old word. You know, I, I got a ride. I went into my house. I was alone in my house. I just stood there, and I thought, wow, my new life is beginning. And I never thought... I haven't. That was 69,000 hours ago. I was an app for that. I never looked back. and Any compulsion to drink? Nothing. Really? I swear, to, I swear on my mother and my father's graves, I have not had the desire to drink mm. ever. What about slippery places and things? I can go. Funny story. It's a good question, too, because uh, when my paperback of the book came out, and by the way, when, when the book came out, I said to Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, who's a friend, I said, 
should I put this scan, this little voicemail stupid thing in my book? And he said, Pat, I wrote a 700-page book. And all anybody wanted to read was four pages. <laughs> <laughs> Fill in the blank. I, I did an interview with Matt Lauer on Today's Show, who said I was the bravest man in Hollywood to write a book like this. But I got done with the interview. My publisher it was the, the, the release of the book, and they wanted to go out and celebrate. And, of course, the publishing folks, they wanted to go have a couple of drinks first. They knew I wasn't going to drink. So we went into a midtown bar, and I have no problem going into bars. It's not a problem at all. And I, I don't want to order, and I don't sweat, and all that stuff. But as I'm walking in, some lady who's walking her kid down the street literally grabs me and says, Pat, no, don't go in there. I just saw you on Matt Lauer. You're doing so great. And I oh. said, no, 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 I'm okay. Uh, and oh, so the public, kind of, if, you, if you don't have anonymity, the public kind of looks out for you. <laughs> that is funny. Um, Accountability. Yeah, I mean, but she was so cute and she was like concerned. No, I can go anywhere. Uh, something struck me. I'm never going to look back. It's very good. Do you believe it's more difficult for someone in the public spotlight oh, absolutely. to get and stay sober? It's not only difficult, it's, it's not even awkward. It's just, it's not even embarrassing. It's just leave me alone. And I don't do a lot of interviews. I respect you, so I'm doing this one. I've had people like today who, who don't understand recovery, mm -hmm. don't understand alcoholism, think it might be a moral issue, saying, how'd you ever get your health back? Well, you know, come on. Uh, about a week after you're sober, your health comes back. But being in the public eye, everything, I remember for the first year, this is after the voicemail, that, that year when I was in. By the way, the Iraq war broke out, and I was the lead of the news. Wow. That's how messed up things wow. are. But that year was filled with every time somebody saw me with a glass of iced tea, they'd say I was drinking. And then the paparazzi had a um, a bounty on me to having a drink. And so I'd be sitting in a bar with some friends or a restaurant, and they'd come and sit in a glass of red wine in front no, of me and step back no. and take a picture. Yeah. But I got through all that. You know, I had all the resentments of a uh, alcoholic, I guess, and I just I got tired of it. I also got used to it. Then I embraced it, and that, that's the key. You know, I think I finally said to myself, look, as long as I'm here, as long as everybody knows I'm an alcoholic and I'm proud of it, I'm not sure I like the word. Maybe your show, you should do something about that word. I think that keeps a lot of people out of the program. Alcoholic? Yeah, it's just kind of, but there's no other word, you know, yeah. recovering alcoholic. Anyway, but I embraced it, and uh, the minute I embraced it, too, I, I, my life became better. And people. you immersed yourself in the rooms. Yeah, I still have uh, crazy friends. I go back I go back to South Dakota all the time. My friends, I, I played a pretty big band in the Midwest for uh, a few years, a big hit. We're all still alive when we get together. Now I'm their designated driver, and they always <laughs> want to go back to all the, all, the hits them, all the bars that we used to go to, and they, and they always say, and you've heard this, Pat, you can just have one, right? Oh, Come on, let's celebrate. And I man. said, no. I said, you know. Do you use that as a teaching moment? Yeah, when I'm in a restaurant and they say, would you like a drink? I always say, no, I have to be home by Christmas. <laughs> but And I make fun of it a little bit, and I, I try to bring some humor to it, but there's no, nothing funny about it. You, you, the answer to your question, which is a great question, is the day I got sober was the day I started to listen. And that's it. I mean, by the way, it's easy to stop drinking. The alcohol part is not the big problem. It's the ism. Yeah, it's the it's living. what's inside yeah. of you. Yeah. And I could never realize, well, what's nothing wrong with me? Mm. I've never... 
raped by my parents or beat up or had a great childhood. Mm. Visiting with Pat O'Brien, he's got the paperback book out now. I'll be back right after this. Pat O'Brien, you can find it at Amazon.com. What would you have put in the book if you wrote it today? Is there something you left out? No, everything's in there. Everything? I put everything in there. Mm. Did you read it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's what else? Was it cathartic for you? Yeah, you know what it was? It was, I wrote it mostly to get rid of all the internet chat. Yeah. By the way, my life in alcoholism and recovery has been great. I keep, I just got a new job. I keep getting jobs. I'm handsome as hell. (laughs) I know this is radio. Can we confirm that? No, I'm healthy and, you know, but I wrote the book to kind of, to kind of give the finger to all the internet chatter and stuff Mm. and to get my story out there i'm writing another one you'll love this title it's called i was a tourist in my own life (laughs) because since that people have come up and say pat do you remember the time no i don't so and celebrity sports guys so i'm writing that book now and that's going to be a little more on the process of recovery but i'm just saying to people that if you don't fight it it's reasonably easy Mm. you got to work at it but if you, if you fight it, you're screwed. Talk about grace and gratitude. My two favorite words and my two favorite girlfriends. You know, it's the gratitude that, that I wake up to every day. My son is 29 years old, successful, and he's always been on my side. My ex-wife uh, has stuck with me. She's in the program. Mm. My friends all stuck with me. Nobody left me. But I'm so grateful. And, you know, when I make a gratitude list, and this is a good idea from Pat O'Brien, Ideas from Pat. Here's a radio show. <laughs> That's the third book. Uh, exactly. When you make a gratitude list, I tell people, don't just write down, I'm a big enough personality to be interviewed on a national radio show. Uh, I'm sober. I'm healthy. Those are good ones. But write down things that you would never put down, like clean air, water to drink. Never had to go to get shot by some mm. Serbian, you know? And I apologize to the Serbians. But. So I always make a gratitude list and try to think of things that, You should be grateful. Trees every day. Things that we take for granted. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm very grateful. And grace is a funny word. Uh, The grace of God works in in many different ways. I like the way that you you put them together. God looks after me, obviously. Mm. When I was a kid, I had a little bout of polio. When I say little, because it happened right when Jonas Salt came out with the vaccine. And I was able, once I became in the news business, to actually meet him and interview him and thank him. Really? Yeah. Uh, My father died of alcoholism early. Uh, My poor mother was left with us. We we were Abe Lincoln poor. Defeated cancer. I broke my neck. I was drinking. I fell down a stairs and broke my neck and got to a hospital quick enough where they fused it right away. It was a Friday. went to work on Monday with just a fuse in my neck. I broke part of my back. I've had some heart problems I didn't know I had. My doctor thinks I'm some sort. He said, you, what, what is it with you? He said, you're like my best patient. You know, but another thing, uh, my brother died a couple months ago. And, mm. and my brother was, uh, had a problem with alcohol and drugs, but he, he was sober. And the reason I know is I opened his mouth and smelled his breath when he was lying there dead. But here's the thing. I got the call at 1130 at night. I was asleep, and it was a cop. who said, Pat, we got some bad news. You better come over to your brother's house. I got up, got out of bed, got in my car, and the point of this is that I was actually present. Mm. I was able to do that for wow. him. Wow. And settled all his affairs and took care of his uh, stuff. So that to me is the grace of God to be present mm. for my little brother who I think died of a heart attack uh, and died of a heartache. 
Mm. Um, a tough act to follow in the family. But again, at eight years or nearly eight years of sobriety, you were able to do that. Conscious. And, no. and, and that's part of the this. Part of the this. You know, I believe that recovery should be as progressive in a positive sense as alcoholism is negative in a negative that's sense. That's a good point. It should be as recovery should get better every day just as alcoholism mm-hmm. gets worse every a- day. Absolutely. And absolutely. I like that. I'll borrow. I'm stealing. Sure. That. It's all yours. I'm not going to give you credit. <laughs> yeah. so, by the way, I'm the greatest at stealing people. <laughs> but, you know, and, I, and my biggest thing now is to, is to let people is to hope that people, and that's why I love this show. Uh, Arthur Schop- Schopenhauer said that uh, talent is hitting a target nobody else can hit. Mm-hmm. Genius is hitting a target nobody else can see. See, yes. And this is a target that not a lot of people can see, and mm-hmm. nobody don't understand it. And I'm sure you get this all the time on your show, where people go, well, how many drinks could I have? Yeah, yeah. I said, oh, we're, we're picking numbers now? Yeah, yeah. The answer is no. You can't yeah, do it. Yeah. Now, the people that can drink, God love them. God love them. Yeah. And the people that can get drunk and then wait a week, God love them. We're just a different sort of people. Mm. Don't forget, I was one of the biggest TV guys in the country yeah. when this happened. First thing I thought of, though, was, was oh, no, I can't go to Italy now. <laughs> That's the first <laughs> thought I had. And then after my first meeting, uh, I'm driving home, and I'm thinking, oh, this, is, this sucks, you know. And off to my left, I hear all these people at this outdoor bar having fun, and glasses clinking. And so I say, should I look? And I looked over, and it was a Starbucks. <laughs> it was just people from a meeting. But I've had these eight years, I've had a great time, and I, I give it back as much as possible. And I have fun, and I, I don't look back. Who's been the most influential person in your recovery, Pat? I think Ringo, Ringo Starr has been uh, hmm. very helpful. Joe Walsh mm. has been very helpful. Steven Tyler, if you want to talk to celebrities. My sponsor, who is DJ AM sponsor, he's got 28 years. And he's one of those kind of sponsors who says you've got to learn how to look at everything in a different way. Mm. You know, I get support from people on the street. Mm. I have people come up to me, and and that's the great thing about not having yeah. anonymity. People come up and say, hey, Pat O'Brien. I love your story. I've read your story. And I think I might have a problem, too. Yeah. And wow. uh, because of your story. I, I got 15,000 emails after the uh, voicemail thing. And not one mentioned the voicemail. But they all mentioned drinking. And they all mentioned I'm a soccer mom and I drive my kids to, mm. to work. And I, you're th- 14,800 mm. some mm. emails mm. and mm. not one brought up the other thing. I think what's happening now is that, you know, I was doing these book tours and parents, and they still come up to me. They would come up afterwards, and I thought, well, maybe they probably just want to meet me, right? Get a selfie. No, they had tears in their eyes, and you know, my my son is a heroin addict, or mm. my son can't stop drinking, and I could see the pain. And you know, what do I do? And I spent time with those people, because not a lot of people spent time with me to tell me I was in trouble. Mm. I don't have a resentment about it. I just wonder why. I'm not an untouchable guy. You know me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could come up and say anything to me. You could. Yeah, I could. <laughs> not the guy from the newspaper. So the the grace and the gratitude part is that I get to help other people. Now, I don't spend 24 hours a day doing it. But I go to a meeting every day, and I share a lot, and I speak uh, on occasion to these things. I enjoy it, and it, it helps my recovery, you know, to talk to other people. What is the role of spirituality in your recovery? Well... 
religion, uh, I grew up uh, Lutheran, believe it or not. Pat O'Brien, mm-hmm. Lutheran. Pat O'Brien, Lutheran. Wow. But married into the Catholicism. You know, spirituality is an interesting topic. Uh, I'm very spiritual, but religion is uh, man-made, and spirituality is God-made. Mm. Religion is a Sunday deal. Yeah. It shouldn't be. Yeah, but, yeah, but it is. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Spirituality is every day. When I'm driving by Mount Rainier today and, mm. and, and seeing all the beautiful countryside. and um, That's spirituality. If I smell one more apple, by the way. I'm gonna, <laughs> uh, but that, that's a spiritual side, and I can appreciate that stuff. Mm. Regrets? I've had a few. No. I, honestly, as I said in the book, looking back, I wouldn't change anything. Mm. I probably wouldn't have started smoking. You know, I'm, my marriage broke up, and I, I was a big part of that. I had an affair, and I'm sorry about that. But I talk to my ex-wife every day now. I think that's a product of being present. Mm. And, yeah, and my son is the love of my life, and he's, I keep my eye on him and he on me. And I help other people. You know, and, and I'm a kind of the same guy, but I'm different. Mm. Pat O'Brien joining us on Recovery Coast to Coast. Great to have you with us tonight. Great to hear Pat's story. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? I don't know. That's a great question. You know, I think I've always said there are jobs I don't know about that will come along. I'm 68, but I don't want to quit working. I'm going to write another book. You know, Tom Hanks said, I'd love to do your book, but I've already done it as a movie. It's called Forrest Gump. <laughs> I just got a new job uh, called Business Rockstars, and it's all the people that did stuff that you and I somehow mm. couldn't come up with in our 20s, and they're creating apps and making a billion dollars, and it's a it's a TV and web, uh, webinar TV and radio show. It's devoted to new entrepreneurs. Nice. It's Andy Schoen, who started oh, sure. MTV, sure. and uh, Steve Lehman, who was yep. uh, Premier Radio. Yep. Thomas Beers, of Fremantle. They started it. There's a ton of money into it, and they called me out of nowhere and said, you want to do this? And I said, yeah. So I do that. I have a radio show, and, you know, I, I chill out. Mm. I go to meetings. And what meetings. do you say to someone who... Leave me alone. <laughs> no. Who has, uh, perhaps they are now where you were. They went through treatment two, three times. Right. They think they can't get it. I tried sobriety. I tried the meetings. I tried treatment. I don't know what to do. If I know that they're not really trying, and you can tell. Yeah. Uh, I say, well, let me tell you something. A, um, a funeral is much more expensive than your next rehab. And if you continue on the path that you just described. Great line. I'm going to steal that from you. So we're, we're good now, right? We're good. We're, we're good. Even. I'm kind of mean to some people because you don't listen and yeah. tell. And, and I say to them, look, if you don't, what was said to me, that's how I got sober. If you don't get this, you're going to die. And when someone tells you you're going to die, that, and it's correctable, you correct it mm-hmm. if you're serious about it. You know, I, I always ask people who say, I can't get it. And I say, well, what do you, I'll tell you a good story. We got time? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I'm at a meeting in New York. This will sound mean, so at least laugh. So it's a meeting I'd never been to. So a guy said, well, as, as you all know, I tried to commit suicide again last night. Thanks for the book, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Jack McCarthy. It's great well, You can tell this guy was going to drink. It's yeah. just a bad name. <laughs> um, he wrote a book about poetry, and it's called Drunks and Other Poems of Recovery. So a guy got up, and he said, as you all know, I'm going to – I tried to commit suicide again last night. The guy next to me said, Pat, same, same story almost every week. Yeah. So he said, this time I used helium. <laughs> so, poor guy. He said, and I fell asleep and I woke up. 
So I went up to him afterwards, and I said, helium? He said, yeah, I'm probably going to try again, too. I said, if you really want to commit suicide, I'll, I'll be at this meeting tomorrow, and we'll talk. So I brought him a list of New York bridges he could jump off. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, when he saw that, his eye, he realized what yeah. the hell he was messing around with. Yeah, it drove home the point. And, and, and everybody to me was going, you're, you're, you're our hero, pal. And wow. he never talked about it again. It's not funny, but sometimes yeah. you have to be so realistic with an alcoholic. Yeah. I mean, and, and you go to meetings every day. Do you sponsor people? I do. Mm -hmm. If I sponsored everybody who asked, I'd... Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to. How does it work with the ones you do sponsor? I've only got two sponsees right now. Both of them came out of prison. One uh, saw me on TV in prison and decided to get sober. How did he track you down? Uh, he tracked me down in the meeting. Mm. He found out where I went to meetings. Uh, another one is just a, a guy who's just, I don't have high hopes for him, but I'm sticking with him. But I meet people all the time. The second time I went to Betty Ford, I, got, I went to rehab and a guy saw me. And he goes, you know, Patty, I'm here because of you. I said, well, how did that work out? He said, well, we're sitting on the couch, I'm drinking, and the news comes on, and there it is, that you're back at uh, rehab. So my wife turns to me and says, if that asshole can do it, why can't you? <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yeah. Whatever it takes. And uh, there he was. <laughs> oh, that's great. Pat O'Brien has been joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. you got to get the book. It's awesome. You find out not only about his addiction and his recovery, you find out about the great life that he has had and continues to have and, and lead one day at a time. It's a good sports book, too, by the way. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Pat O'Brien joining us tonight on Recovery Coast to Coast. The bright side of addiction is recovery. You embody that. The book embodies that. You live life the way it should be lived, one day at a time. And you too, my friend. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, that was a pleasure. I'm Neil Scott, the program Recovery Coast to Coast. Short time out, and we will be back right after this. And that's the name of the book, and you can get it at Amazon.